0: This show is for you.
1: We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family, their life's most
0: important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Hello everyone. Uh, We're stoked. This is, I think one of our very first video podcast episodes, right?
2: Yeah. And we'll see what we... What are we do with it. I don't even know. Are we gonna put it on YouTube? What are we gonna do? Yeah, thanks. I don't
0: know. Thanks to Melissa. We have this awesome fancy podcast studio and setup and lights and, and the microphones.
2: A lot of it was actually stuff that we had um in Hawaii that I brought back to Arizona. And it's been sitting in boxes for over a year. So yeah, it was just a matter of getting opening the boxes, putting it together. Yeah, I don't know why it took us a year, but
0: I think there's a japanese or chinese proverb that says the best time to set up your podcast studio was a year ago and the second best time is now it's right now so on that today's episode we're going to be talking about uh some of the books that we've been reading and i think in addition to the books we've been reading just the power of reading books and why we like to read books trying to encourage our children you know to read books and i think i dramatically underestimate how much I've learned and how much growth that I've had from reading books, and how much it's influenced my life, and how many principles I draw upon for my consulting or my coaching with clients, or even just parenting or or life. And it's so amazing how much information and knowledge is made available to us out there in the world. It's just right at our fingertips. I read the majority of my books lately on Kindle because um, I love that. And so yeah, we wanted to share with you some of the books we're reading, an idea that we're starting, you'll get to kind of follow along. We'll share with you progress about the idea of starting a a book club in our family that's that's actually kicked off officially this week. And then at the end of the episode, something we want to start doing is we want to start highlighting, you know, someone who has recently given us a rating or review on the podcast, just because we're grateful for those and we want to share those with you and encourage you to you know, share the podcast with people that you think it can make a difference for. So, Melissa, what do you, what do you got for us on the topic of books?
2: Yeah. <clears throat> well, I thought it was funny. Um, last week or a couple of weeks ago, I had our carpets cleaned and the guy that came in and cleaned our carpets, he was really nice and funny and a little, a little quirky. And he came up, he came up to me and he was like, so you guys like to read, huh? <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, yeah, like, yeah, we like, we like trees. Like, you got a lot of books. (laughs) And I was, I I feel like I don't know that we have a lot of books. I mean, we have, we do have books, but I just thought it was funny. And then I was talking to Tate about it yesterday. Did you give him a book? Our 15 year old. No, I didn't even think about it. I could have, I suppose.
0: We have a lot of uh, really great books. I bought a bunch of Dan Martell's Buy Back Your Time books as gifts. Anyways.
2: I should have given him one. But then he started telling me about how he had been watching this movie, and he was inspired by watching this movie to actually read the book of the movie. He's like, "I think I'm going to get into reading books." <laughs> anyway, it was just funny. But then I was telling Tate about it, talking to Tate about it, and he's like, "Mom, we we do actually have a lot of books," and I guess I just take it for granted that I don't go into people's houses as much, maybe as he does, you know, being the age he is. But anyway, he was like, "Yeah, mom, we." We actually do have a lot of books. So it just had me thinking, maybe we do read a lot. I don't know.
0: And I think, you know, we've, we've actually had a number of families over the years who have, in one way or another, whether they're over at our house or we go on vacation with them and they see how much our kids read, because our kids do read a lot. And they're always asking, how do you get your kids to read so much? I want, my, I want my kids to read more. And I do think some kids just are naturally curious and maybe have a greater desire. And I think there are some things you can do. One of which is by having books available in your home that are easy to get to. I think kids are more likely to just go pluck them off the shelf. And so so that's one strategy. The other thing is more is caught than taught, which we're always talking about. It's how often do our kids catch us reading books? And, you know, one of the things that has even been a little hack for me lately is by, I have a Kindle that Melissa got me. And the thing I love about the Kindle that she got me is it's a kid's version. So you can't access anything other than the books. You can't send text messages, you can't email, you can't no ads. Check social media, you can't get on the, you know, the internet. And I love that. So the only thing I can do on it is read. And as as a little bit of a hack for me for productivity, I put the Kindle app on my phone. And I found myself multiple times recently pulling out my phone to just scroll on social media and and then catching myself being like, oh, I should just keep reading my book. And it's allowed me to have, I think, a better relationship with my, with even my phone or my device. And so I do think it's important that our kids catch us reading. I think it's important we have books available or, and, or we have a lot of books and each of, I think our three oldest kids have Kindles that are the kid version and they read on them a lot. Uh, and I think, I think it's an excuse and I, I shouldn't say excuse. I think it's a story that a lot of people make up. It's like, oh, I'm just not a good reader. I just I just have never liked to read. I've never met anyone that I've challenged that with that finds something they're interested in that doesn't enjoy reading about it. And so I also think there's a story sometimes that gets told in families: "Oh, we're just not readers, or we don't like to read, or reading's boring."
2: Yeah, and I think reading can look like anything. I remember when our Tanner, who's our 14 year old, when he started reading, he didn't it didn't come as quickly to him as it did to his older brother, and Granted, I know there's so many factors with kids learning to read. Like, we have friends who, whose children have dyslexia. So it wasn't that it was difficult for him, per se. He just wasn't interested in it. Um,
0: or was it that he wasn't interested in the books that we were trying to have him read? Like, he wasn't interested in the same books as Tate.
2: Well, I think, yeah, we just weren't finding the books that were interesting to him. So what I was going to say is everything changed for him when we went to the library and he started checking out books about football and baseball and any sports that he cared to research that week
0: okay that wouldn't you say that's another huge thing and a huge clue having books on hand having your kids catch you reading but would you say trips to the library foster like even kids who don't enjoy reading i've seen them go to the library and the library is just as a kid it's just a fun place to be there's just an energy there And so i i think that is something you did a really good job of when our kids were little and you still do and i think you said your mom did that and you remember that being one of your favorite memories as a kid going to the library with your mom right
2: yeah we at least love going to the library and i read a lot growing up funny though when i think about our two littlest who are six and seven i'm not as good at them i'm getting lazy in my old age
0: but they and and i do think though they see us reading they see their older siblings reading and we have a number of books to where they're asking us most nights, hey, will you read to me? Th- again, oh, go ahead.
2: I was say, I, no, as we're sitting here talking, though, I feel like we just get kind of busy, more busy than we, well, now that we have five kids, older kids who are into a lot more activities, we're just a lot busier overall, I feel as, like, as a family. And so I think sometimes those things kind of fall by the wayside. So I, from this episode, this conversation, it's having me think like, I should, even if I'm just saying, an Indy, I should, start taking them to the library.
0: Yeah. I would say that we are, we have the books on hand part pretty good. I think they see us reading a lot, but you're right. I think we could do a lot better about getting them. And I think everyone would want to go all of our kids would, but specifically getting tripping into the library more often. I think one of the things that drives me to read is this fear of a future regret that someday I'll, I'll be, you know, an old man and I'll, it'll hit me. Whoa. There was so much knowledge available to me in any category that I wanted to learn about in these books that were super accessible. And I just didn't take advantage, you know, and I used my time and it's not like every second spare second I have to be reading, but it would really be unfortunate for me. The thought I've had is to not be reading a book, like always be reading a book of some kind, just because there's so much wisdom. To be gained. Like someone's done all this amazing work. And some a lot of times it's their life's purpose. And they've poured their heart and soul and done all this research. And it and I think we take all that for granted. Like what goes into writing a book and how much effort and work it is. And we know a little bit because the family brand book will be published later this this year. And even me reflecting on that, it's like, man, that's going to be such a gift and a and a resource for families that they they just have to pick it up and read it. But we've put years and years of research and trial and error into that. And it's really easy to take books for granted, I think, in that way.
2: Yeah. It reminds me of this little homeschool curriculum we did, or a little segment of it um was a story about I think it was a I can't remember what he was called, but some type of a it was in a monastery. And the job of these monks in the monastery was to write write books. And it was all like any book that existed had to be handwritten. Mm. And it was done by monks and the letters you know like um like the first letter in every chapter was like calligraphy and colorful and it was like the monk's life work was to write write these books but it just had me thinking like like you're just saying books were only available to like the uber wealthy or those who you know maybe were had access to scripture you know that served in religious arenas but yeah we totally don't even can't even comprehend that because there's so many books like i think i just took like no joke probably 75 books to the thrift store when i was purging our house of <laughs> totally things a couple of months ago so it is interesting to sit and think about like am i taking advantage of what's available to me in this super cool time of the world history when all this knowledge is
0: available and i remember you and i sharing those stories with our kids and it kind of blew them away it's like what do you mean everyone wasn't allowed to read at one point in the world? Or what do you mean? Or
2: couldn't, there's no, you wouldn't even know how to read because there'd be no point.
0: Yeah. And your kids, you know, it's, it's so interesting how life occurs for us. It seems like life occurs for us within about the last two or three years of our life. We think our life has always been whatever the last two or three years are. And so for your kids, even they can't even wrap their mind around, wait, so people used to have to handwrite books. They don't even know and, and, and then when you share that history with them, they're like, well, yeah, of course, like, yeah, they didn't have all this modern technology. So I think sharing a little bit of that history with our kids has been useful to them to maybe see that. And we're still going to take it for granted, but maybe not take it for granted as much. And to see what a privilege it is to know how to read, to be able to read, to have books available to you. Um, I think sharing some of that history is, is really important. Like, Hey guys, like there was a period of time where most people didn't know how, and even if they did, it was, forbidden in some, it was, you know, you weren't allowed unless you were a certain social class and it was really laborious. And even now today, I would say the, the maybe like final production of it isn't as laborious, but it's still super laborious and intense to get a book written. So what would you say, Melissa, around the types of books? Does a family or an individual always need to be reading a book that if it's like, they can only be reading books if it's making them a better business owner or parent or spouse or human being or is there room for just reading stuff you just love to read for just because you love to read it
2: this is totally an opinion question but i think well this is what we've done with our kids too especially initially i'm like get the kids reading whatever they'll read i don't think it really matters if it's you know anything other than they're reading and but for me now i even for me now i'm like i sometimes i like reading just something that is entertaining. And that's like the main value in it. And for our kids, something that we started with them, our three older kids, anyway, who at times can be so consumed with reading that it's like they forget that they have jobs to do and commitments <laughs> and whatnot. So we started having, and they love our two older boys, especially they love reading fantasy fiction. And so we did institute with them like a one for one. So you can read, uh, fantasy fiction and then follow it up with some type of nonfiction any nonfiction that you want really but
0: and we and and we gave them a list of ideas and bought a bunch of books in the kindle store that we all share so they would have some but they they could read whatever they wanted but i thought that was useful
2: oh we do have a good library too just at the at the house that they can just pull off the shelf and and read
0: would you say then if you were giving advice to a family of kids of any age especially younger kids would you say don't place as much emphasis or importance on what they're reading in the beginning as much as just get them interested in reading.
2: Yeah, I And
0: think whatever so. topic is... I remember Tate for a while there when he was really little loved reading about dogs. Totally. And Tanner loved reading about sports. And I think in the Ivy, what was that series that she just... It was kind of the thing that kickstarted her interest in reading. Um, Magic Treehouse? Yeah, Magic Treehouse. And then Tate doesn't read that much about dogs anymore. And Tanner still reads a lot about sports, but he also reads about other things. And Ivy doesn't only read Magic Treehouse. So I think I think it's being aware, and Melissa was the one who did this in our family. It's it's being aware of what their interests are at that time and then making a recommendation of like, hey, you're totally into sports, you're totally into dogs, you're totally into this. Like I think you'd love let's go to the library and look at some look for some books around that.
2: We do have um I have this list of classic literature that I got from The Good and the Beautiful, which is a homeschool program that we used. I think it's free that she has online, but it's just a list of classic literature that she recommends. And so so we actually use that too. So the deal with our big kids was you can read whatever fiction you want and then follow follow it up with either a nonfiction book or something off of the classical literature list. So like I remember last year, Tanner he read Little Women. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. That my, he's probably 13, my 13-year-old 13 boy read Little Women.
0: And this is like, I don't know if this is, on one hand, this could be seen as really awesome and inspiring. On another hand, embarrassing. Tate and Tanner knows our two boys. They just know so much more about world facts than Melissa and I. They've spent so much more time in books than me. And I've, I've, I i have i was not a reader when I was young and I, I am now. And it's kind of amazing and sometimes really annoying how much they know about stuff.
2: Like yesterday, someone was talking to us about South Africa, and Tanner was like, "So, Cape Town." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's amazing that I would have had to think really long and hard and maybe not ever come up with <laughs> with a town in South Africa, be like a totally new Cape Town was in South Africa.
0: And I think since in some ways, unless we've had it a little bit I mean easy to be honest because our, our kids have naturally been interested in reading and you've done a really good job of fostering that, what would you say to a family? and and you've given advice to other families in the past who they themselves want to become more interested in reading, they want their children, they want to start building kind of that a, a more of appreciation for books. But it's it's a struggle. Like what would you would you have any advice for them?
2: I wonder if you could find a book that I think reading out loud could be useful, meaning like coming together maybe at bedtime and, or maybe after school and you as a parent Reading to the family as a whole, like a really, I don't know, you'd have to do your research on what is a book that's going to grab the family's attention. Um, but maybe doing it as a family together. You could even,
0: th- our kids have liked that at times.
2: Yeah, they have. You could even, honestly, I don't read, like sit down and read a lot of books. Like I like listening to books. So mm. it could even be, that could even be an option. And does that count? Yeah. As reading? Oh,
0: totally. I- and that could even be a great option for some kids. Really? There's kids who are like, I, I'm just not going to sit down and read through a book, but I would totally listen to a book on Audible. Yeah, that's a great idea. I do think the idea of reading a book to your family that you think they would all find interesting and, and then Audible is a great option as well.
2: Yeah. One last thing I'll say. This is, I feel like this has been one large, ta- large tangent. Our, when we prepped for this episode, we were just going to talk about the books that are influencing us currently that we're reading.
0: And which we haven't talked about yet. We haven't
2: even touched, haven't touched on it. yet. But I think this is a beautiful, large tangent. So I, I guess the last thing I'll say, you asked earlier, like, any, any advice about kids reading. So this falls under that question, I guess, is... This is also from The Good and the Beautiful. Her inspiration for starting the program was... Her daughter had been reading a series. I don't even remember what series it was, or maybe she shouldn't say. Her daughter had been reading a book series, and she realized that her she was seeing changes in her daughter, and they weren't changes that she necessarily liked. And she realized that she that it was primarily she felt had to do with what she was consuming, and so that would be maybe the only additional advice I would add is like just be really like pay attention to what your kids are reading and what they're consuming, whether it's on tv or this feels like kind of random but i guess i just want to say it here because i think sometimes we just gloss over like what our kids are consuming and just don't even think like how it's impacting them or influencing them and it is so that's my last little but it had back. such
0: an impact on her that's why she created the good and the beautiful list right
2: yeah well that's why she, i think that was her catalyst to creating the entire like homeschool program is she's like i want to be able to give my children things that are good and beautiful and that will like uplift and inspire yeah. them yeah she just wasn't wasn't finding that
0: it's amazing to also when talking about i know a battle we all face is devices and how much time we spend on devices how much time our kids spend on devices and again last week we were on spring break we went to mexico and i just chose to leave my phone In the house every day that we went out on the beach and I read a book start to finish in like no time and I was thinking wow at home it takes me a lot longer to read a book but at home I'm also you know have more competition for my time but then interesting yesterday um or sorry two days ago which was Sunday we're recording this on a Tuesday Melissa and I teach the 15 and 16 year old Sunday school class at our church and one of the one of the youth in our class We were talking about using your time wisely that's what it was and this you know particular um she said you know my phone got taken away from me at one point
2: yeah one of the students in the class
0: one of the students in the class said my phone got taken away and i and she said i love to read and i got more reading done in that period of time that my phone was taken away than 10 times or 100 times more and she said and i felt i felt better I was reading things that I enjoy reading because instead of like the quick like go to for my phone, like while I'm waiting, you know, for a class to start, instead of just like shooting some text messages off or playing a game or getting on social media and scrolling, I didn't have my phone. So I just read for my book. And I thought it was just interesting that she's like, I got a lot more reading done and I felt, you know, way better. So back to the original.
2: Well, she said, too, which I thought was interesting. She's like, because in my mind, I'm always like, no, it's going to be like work to like pull out my book, find my page. But she's like, I realized it's about the same amount of time to pull out my book, find my page as it is to like pull out my phone, get into the app. Anyway, so that kind of like opened her mind and was like, oh, that's a good, that's a good point.
0: Yeah. And, I, and look, if I'm reading a book that I really love, whether it's from an entertainment, parenting, inspiration, spirituality, business, whatever it is, there's not many times I've ever read a book or even a part of a book that when I'm done, I feel worse about myself. Like, you know, most times I finish reading a book and I'm like, oh, that was interesting or that was inspiring or that was uplifting or that was, that was hard, but useful compared to almost every time I get off social media, I'm comparing myself to someone else or I'm not necessarily feeling like amazing. About myself. and I'm not saying you completely switch out your phone and your social media use for, for reading. And it's just. That's just an interesting thought that's occurring to me right now is I would probably feel way better most days and at the end of most weeks if I had spent a little less time on my phone, a little less time on social media and a little more time in a book, whether that's reading it or like Melissa said, listening, listening to it. And I would even encourage if if you're listening to this, you're like, well, I'm already a really big podcast listener. And we appreciate you listening to this podcast. I would say that's awesome. And in addition to consuming the podcast, I do think there's usefulness in reading a book as well because it, obviously the book has like a core theme and an idea that builds upon itself, like a start, middle, and an end. And podcasts have some elements of that. Uh, But even if, so if you're a big audio listener and you're already used to that, I would say give a book a try and just see like what, I think you would enjoy it maybe more than a lot of you think you would. Okay, books we're currently reading. So I have been reading a book, a couple of books. I just finished one called The Ultimate Coach by Amy Hardison. It's a really amazing book. It's really a tribute to her husband, Steve Hardison, who's a transformational coach. I've also finished recently Ikigai, which is, you know, basically it's a Japanese concept around discovering your purpose, the Japanese secret to a long and happy life, Ikigai. And then I just finished that one. And then I'm currently reading loving what is by Byron Katie and it's four questions that can change your life. So that's, and, and then I'll just share really quickly. We had Melissa brought it up. She was, she was kind of reading over my shoulder on the beach. Most days off of my Kindle Ega guy. And she's like, I really like that book. And I think she was like, we should start a book club where you and I read a book together and then talk about it. And then we were excited about that. And then we shared the idea with our three oldest kids, cuz we all have Kindles and And they're like, yeah, we want to do it. They're all reading Ikigai. I just finished it. And then on the first Monday of every month, we'll come together on a Monday evening and share our insights. And then every month we'll take a turn picking a book. So we just started it. We'll let you know how it goes, but we're excited to do that.
2: Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Like you said, we'll let everyone pick a book and kind of lead the discussion every week. So I think it will be some good opportunities to just discuss books and also give Everyone likes some leadership opportunities too, speaking and leading leading a discussion. Okay. In my, I'm in Audible because, like I said, I mostly just listen to um, <laughs> books mostly. I am also reading Ikigai. And I, I did really like it. Like Chris said, I was looking over his shoulder on the beach oh, oh, when we were at the beach in Rocky Point, Mexico for spring break. And I just, yeah, I really, Benjamin, I don't. Maybe there's nothing much else to say about other than that. Um, I've also been reading *Simplicity Parenting*, Mm -hmm. which I had a friend that kind of had recommended that to me, and I'm also loving that. Talking about how, as parents, I guess big idea would be we can we can make things like more simply, simple, simplify, and that how important that is for kids and how it's actually better for them. The author talks about a few different case studies that or I don't know if you'd call him clients that he's seen um, treated that they're having difficulties with their children. And a lot of times what he would is he, he goes into their house and he observes them. And a lot of times what he'll do is he'll like take away a lot of the kids' toys. He's like, kid, your child has too many toys. And he'll get them, take out a bunch of their toys and just leave a few simple toys and maybe even add a few toys that require... Um, like imagination and play. Uh, But I thought that was really interesting. And he says that that always leads to better behavioral outcomes and relationships with the families. He also talked about, you know, again, another case study about a family, how they, he realized like they were consuming too much of the news and how that was negatively impacting their child. And so he said, I want you to turn the news off and I want you to don't even talk about world events with your child. And again, how that positively impacted that child. So the idea of simplicity parenting is just how sometimes we're just so busy and caught up in everything that that can, how can we look at that and just simplify our parenting?
0: And would you say uh reading, those are, are you reading or listening to those on Audible?
2: Yeah, these are all on Audible.
0: And I have tried Audible. I just, I love to. Not for you. But I know plenty of people who are like, yeah. I can't read books without Audible.
2: I think for me too, it was, um, I think it, for the longest time I was like, that's ah, kind of expensive because I think it's a monthly fee. You get like a book, book credit per month kind of thing. But then I realized, it's, it, if I looked at it differently, looked at it like, no, this is education. And if I could educate myself with these amazing books, would it be worse? I have no clue, honestly. I should know how much I'm paying a month for Audible. But it would, would it be worth $10 a month for me to have like access to all these books because I pay for Netflix? Yeah. And that's also $10 a month.
0: It's actually like the cheapest investment ever. And, and I get what you're... Because I've had that same thought before around, oh, we just bought some books. And it's like, no, that's... The ROI compared to what you pay for a book, whether it's having them on Audible, having them in a Kindle app or on your bookshelf is it's an amazing return on investment. So we hope that you found yeah this just useful and and maybe you're already reading but it's given you additional ideas or maybe you know you want to read more. I have one more book. Oh sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you were currently into so many books. It's just inspiring.
2: <laughs> um so this one was um suggested by a, a guest that I had a few weeks ago. Um, But Jennifer finlayson Vey, it's called "Come as You Are: The Surprising New Science That Will Transform Your Sex Life" by Emily Nagoski. Anyway, that one's been an interesting read as well. Primarily, probably to a female audience, but I've been enjoying that one as well.
0: So clearly, you are able to, and it seems like you enjoy having multiple books going. Because I'm looking at your Audible, not one of those is complete. (laughs) And is that is that something that really works for you? Is like to not like so that you don't get bored with a book or is there some books that you get into it and you're like oh i can't stop and i go start to finish because i think i'm more on the kindle more start to finish Mm -hmm. but occasionally i will have a couple books but i'm just curious to your style around that well are you just non-committal
2: maybe i'm just (laughs) Just non-committal like sometimes i won't take the tags off my clothes for like a week
0: (laughs) a week or longer or a year it's like
2: a jacket that you don't have to wash very often Maybe so anyway, I'm just non committal. I don't know what it is, but I think. But no, I think if I like it, if it options, works, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. We hope you found some usefulness. I believe in the power of books. I believe in reading, especially as a family and fostering that a little bit in yourself and in your kids.
2: Yeah. So this week, how can you get more uh, reading into your family? Maybe it's a trip to the library. Maybe it's a, you pick a book off the shelf and you read to each other at night, whatever it is. How can you get more? excited about reading this week bye
1: thank you so much for listening to the family brand podcast to say thank you we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you
0: you know we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed